Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of The X-Files. We've got really good one planned for you today. But before that, we just want to jump in and remind you, we have a Facebook community. Yes, we do. We support you. So Mm -hmm. come on by Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On to join the group. Make sure you answer the entry questions. Even if you don't have a good answer, put something in the box. Be like, yes, I'm begging you. I don't know what my favorite episode was. We just want to know that you will spend 20 seconds doing something. And it, it basically is like the polite way to enter the group and we won't let you in otherwise. So yeah, we need to know if you're actually looking for support around a breakup or if you've just found us and you just want to network with people, you know, it's a, it's a safe space for the people who are in there who are working really hard on their healing. And so it just helps us to know you know, what you want out of it as well. They are not rigorous, rigorous questions. Exactly. Um, It's just, you know, what do you want out of the group? And also, do you agree to follow the rules? So uh, fairly standard, but it's, it is pretty surprising. Also, (laughs) a lot of people seem to miss it. And then there's no way really for me to let you in. Yeah. So, yeah. And we know that there are people just going through Facebook, joining a ton of groups. Yeah, we have gotten that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. just want to be able to tell the difference between our listeners and just random people who are joining a hundred groups a day, Yes, you know? So that's why we ask those questions. You don't have to have proper answers. Just give us a moment to actually say Mm -hmm. something in there, even if you don't know what your favorite episode is. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's just a way for us to know if you're a listener or, or not. Plus, I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting to know, but (laughs) you're not required to, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it is a really active group. I would say it's just, I mean, actually something I'm really, really proud of is what we've built over there. Um, People are posting daily about their breakup situation. People are being really supportive of one another. Claire and I are popping in and giving our tips. It's a really good vibe. (laughs) I am just loving it. Yeah. And Claire and I have started going in and hanging out with everyone once a week. Yes, in a live. mm, So you can ask questions in that live. If you can't make it live, we have the recordings available. And that's important because during the week, you can send us your questions and we'll cover them in the live. And that way we're able to go into, you know, the things that make your situation unique. Um, And, you know, there are a lot of universal laws about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we like to give people (laughs) the opportunity to Mm -hmm. be like, but what about my unique situation Mm -hmm. and we can then address it with you um and that's a great thing to do if coaching is not for you yet um or get a taste of what we do as coaches and you know see if you might want to work with us yeah or yeah just get just get the support we're in there um every monday now so yeah come hang out with us and if you have a burning breakup question to ask, um, hit us up, DM us, we, and we'll answer it there. Um, probably help if you join the group so you can hear the answer. But <laughs> Or if so you true. want us to answer on an episode, please let us know that because we enjoy doing that as well. Yeah, exactly. So maybe we'll do like a Q&A episode one day Ooh, oh, um, man, where I we just like cover a bunch that. of random questions. Oh, that would be yeah, so that much would fun. Be fun. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and you know, don't forget we are coaches. We try not to be yes, like, are. you know, super self-promotional. We are here to offer a ton of value to mm-hmm. you because we realize yeah. that coaching isn't accessible to everyone and we want to make sure you have what you need to heal in the healthiest way possible. But if you are looking for a little bit more personalized support, both Janice and I offer coaching. Um, We don't coach together as of yet, but maybe one day we'll have a group group experience. experience. (laughs) Yeah. So lots coming. So yeah, we have more resources for you. If the podcast is not enough. (laughs) 
Yep. Um, hit us up. We both have availability and coaching is an amazing way to add a lot of power, both to your healing journey and to how you are going to get back out there and what this next chapter of your life is going to look like. So I think it's effective. It's also fun. Um, you know, we provide really, um, you know, personalized one-on-one support. So if you think it's for you, just let us know, um, you know, you can get a free consult with us to kind of, you know, answer your questions and yeah, it might make a really big difference for you this summer. Woohoo. Awesome. So with that, let's get into the episode. Yay. All right. So today we are talking about Buddhism and how it applies to breakups and dating. So hello. <laughs> Why are we popping in with an episode about Buddhism? If that seems random to you, well, doesn't seem random to me. Um, but let me explain. So when we were first talking about what topics we would want to cover on the show, which seems like kind of a long time ago, but not really. Yeah, it was like six months. <laughs> I know. Actually, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we got to celebrate soon. Um, I put Buddhism down on the list. It was one of the first things that I put. And this is because after my divorce, I finally dove into my study of Buddhism and was a practicing Buddhist for a few years. So whilst I was married, I was really, really interested in it and would go to groups here and there. Um, but I, I don't know. I was, I think I was part of a couple that was, we just really did everything together. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I know I went on, I went to church on Sunday without him, but I don't know. I just didn't feel like I could give myself the space to really dive into it in the way I wanted. And so after we split, I like really got into it and I loved it. And by practicing Buddhist, I mean that, you know, I went to temple, I went to groups multiple times a week. I, you know, did chanting, you know, morning and night. And it was just, you know, something that was integrated into every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I found that the principles had a really, really huge impact on how I went back to dating and how I showed up with people, um, how I had adventures and how I attracted people. So while I don't belong to any groups now, and I think that's the thing for me when it comes to Buddhism, I really like being part of a community. And because I haven't really had access to that for a few years, that's why I would say I don't consider myself a practicing Buddhist now, because for me, I felt like that was really something that, um, yeah, something that I almost needed. I didn't feel like solo practitionership was really for me. However, I still hold the concepts very close and I've integrated them into other spiritual practices that I have. So um, law of attraction being probably my primary spiritual practice. Now I kind of have combined the two and have like this cool thing going on with, you know, my worldview. So I've also noticed that we touch on a lot of Buddhist concepts in our episodes, but I thought it might be kind of fun to do an episode and give some philosophy, some philosophy on them so that you can more fully understand why you might want to use them yourself, yeah. both in your breakup and in dating. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't way. use the terminology, but we do touch on the concepts as you'll exactly. see as we go along. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't like, um, a moment for us to convert you like I <laughs> no. don't know much about Buddhism myself so this was a big learning experience for me um help like with recording this episode and you know working with Janice very loosely on the script I just she did all of the work on the script mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah we take turns you know yeah. you know what people ask us a lot how we actually do these episodes and yes we do take turns writing outlines <laughs> yeah yeah and, and we um, call them scripts mm-hmm. but they're basically outlines so you know we we go off quote off script mm-hmm. script yeah. a lot of times mm-hmm. like right now we do a lot of prep uh, also <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i don't know if that's evident to, or not <laughs> you know we want this to be worth your time we yeah, really appreciate like, the fact that you're mm-hmm. choosing to listen to this while you're washing the dishes or commuting Mm. or anything so we want it to be packed with information we don't want to just be sitting here you know rambling or anything like that so Mm. yeah so we are here for value um and I just want to say that this this is just you know to inspire you to take some of the concepts into your own life um you know a lot of this is all connected like law of attraction yoga Mm. like um 
most spiritual practices are going to be like based on these kind of fundamental truths that we're about to go through. So, yep, or at least the religious practices that Claire and I might be drawn to. Yeah, <laughs> no, there are there's some us. religious practices that I don't think we'll be bringing in. To, yeah, to like, yeah, that's true. That's true. I I, I'm not. I'm not going to well. go deeper into that right now. But, you can probably um, guess what we're talking about. So. um yeah but uh, so yeah so while we're not trying to come uh convert anyone i would say that everything that we're going to talk about in this episode are things that i think if you want to be happy in dating that you might want to think about adopting even though i don't consider myself practicing right now i still use all of these first let's talk about the practice of non-attachment non-attachment is the practice of not having an emotional attachment or desire to outcomes, people, circumstances, and possessions. It means accepting what is without clinging to how you would prefer them to be. Yeah. A recipe for happiness. Exactly. (laughs) Just to qualify that though, Mm -hmm. you can have standards. Yeah. Yeah. Like you should have standards for dating, for relationships, for friendships, things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What this is, like, for instance, it's healthy to want the people you have relationships with to treat you in a certain way above a certain, like, bar, yeah. basically. Yes. But mm-hmm. non-attachment comes into play when you're able to accept the reality of how they show up for you rather than how you wish they were different. For instance, mm-hmm. um, Dumpster Fire always okay. comes up. I just mm-hmm. use him. He's just a punching bag for this podcast. I don't know if I'd say you use him as a punching bag. I think that there's very apt examples from the relationship yeah. Tie in that are okay. So I'll take I'll take that statement back. He's not a punching bag, but I learned a ton of lessons with this person. Yeah, yeah. I think we can all tell. (laughs) Yeah, clearly it was. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, even though it was so painful at the time, Mm -hmm. I would not trade it for the world because, like, it was such like it was basically like my personal growth was on fast forward for the time that I knew him. So yeah, it it does seem like it was very expansive for you, which I think it's good to remind our listeners that, you know, this was a very painful time in Claire's life and she's (laughs) grateful for it. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, in these lessons, like I come to realizations about them, you know, as time goes on, um, and I gain new perspectives and things like that. And so I'm able to look back at these times without that emotional, like, oh, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So for example, you know, um, by now you've heard my solo episode from June because um, it's dropping the day we're recording this, which is July 1st, um, <laughs> just for context, everyone. Um But yeah, in in that episode, I talk about how, you know, I fell in love with like this version of him that he portrayed at first. And as he revealed more of himself, he, you know, he showed he wasn't that person that he introduced himself as. And, you know, I was able to eventually come to terms with the fact that he wasn't the person I hoped he was. And that I could make choices based on the reality of the situation instead of clinging to like, but this vision of how good it could have been. If yes, yeah, the but if mm-hmm. only he was mm-hmm. able to do this. And yeah, and so that's what we're talking about, you know. Um I I eventually, because you know, it did take me some time to get to this point, but eventually I got to the place of I'm not gonna change this person. Um, they're yeah. not going to act yeah. the way that I want them to act, they're not gonna heal in the way that I want them to heal. That is something they can do for themselves, but I get to make the choice. Hey, I can leave the situation because there are things that are not in my standard range. But I'm not like arguing with the reality of what is happening. Yep. I've been on a very similar journey with my family. Um, And this is um, one reason I was excited to do this is because at the beginning of this year, I 
read books. I did lots of, you know, self-reflection and exploration into the family dynamics. And I just, I really realized that a lot of what was causing me pain was wishing that things weren't the way that they are. And just, and that this is, you know, a lifelong pattern that, you know, I have with these people. And, um, you know, there's no reason for me to believe that things will be different. And so it's my constant, oh, but what if, but what if, um, that was really the, the source of my, yeah, my sadness over it. And so I really had to get to the point where I'm just constantly reminding myself, this is how it is. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, do with it what you will, but it's not going to change no matter how wonderful you are, no matter how loving you are, yeah. it's, this is how it is. And, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks, but it does. Yeah. Save, saves me a lot of, um, a lot of, pain, I guess, a lot of dwelling on it. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is the lesson that, um, is shared in codependent no more. Yeah. Um, her last name is BD, um, Melody, Melody BD, um, uh, adult children of emotionally immature parents. Yes. Yeah. That was the book. That was the book that finally got through to me about it incredible but yeah it's such a hard thing to do um especially when it's a family dynamic because you know our inner child is like why couldn't you have been like this Mm -hmm. yeah and especially when you're related to the people it's easy to tell yourself that if you just keep putting yourself into it and keep being more loving that they'll love you back and not not always not I, always. I can tell you, not always. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that it sounds like I'm being really kind of negative about it, but I'm not. I'm actually saying like this, it helped me to yeah. to, to accept people yeah. where they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, and and do away with this idea that you can control people and instead you're just you're making mm-hmm. informed decisions yes. based on reality. Like, right. Isn't that right. great? So uh, more evolved as well. Yeah. <laughs> so go for it, people. All right. So how does this show up uh, in dating? So practicing non-attachment in dating is one of the most powerful ways to make sure that you are meeting people with a healthy attitude and shining your light as you date. So instead of going out there with, you know, clinging to the outcome, you're, um, you know, just going out there as an excited human. So, and I learned this for a fact when I was first dating after my divorce is when I was um really getting into all of this and I would go on dates without wanting to end up with anything without wanting a partner I would go on dates um just to have the experience I had sexual experiences just because I wanted to enjoy the moment you know I wasn't looking to really get anything out of it other than that (laughs) And I was really, really aware of using the concept of non-attachment. And I even had the chance to tell a few people about it because people would ask me, like, why was I so chill? Why was I so cool? Um, Men would say that there was something about me. And I told them it was this. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Well, that's huge. I mean, especially like people can feel your energy if you're coming into it with like, I got to find someone who is compatible so we can date for one year. They can Mm. ask me to marry them and then we can have kids. And, you know, like if you come into a first date with that on your mind, I think it's a turnoff, you You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just not how any relationship works. Like if you meet a new person who you think is going to be a good friend, you're not like, we're going to be best friends forever. And here's your friendship necklace. And like, we're going to do all these things together. And by the way, I planned a trip to Mexico for next year. And they're like, holy shit, I just met you. Like, yeah, yeah. What are you doing next week? What are your summer plans? Yeah. And like, sometimes that's nice, especially if you're like, well, not to that extreme, but sometimes it is nice for someone to like, take the lead and be like, I have this idea of something we could do. Um, but you know, if, if you're attaching, if the, if, if the energy is like, I'm going to be upset if this doesn't work out, like it, it's just a turn off. People can feel it, whether you're a man or a woman or anything. And if you have the opposite effect of practicing non-attachment and going into it, like, I'm just excited to have a conversation. 
yeah we're here yep. in the moment and or like having um a bottle of wine and tasting it and actually tasting it just because you want to see what it's like rather than oh this other person's really into wine I'm just going to pretend like I'm cool with it like little yeah. things like that if that makes sense yeah you know rather than doing it for yourself yeah exactly so yeah I, um, other I ways love that. Me too. <laughs> so de- non-attachment can show up for different people in different ways as you date. So for instance, one way of detaching might be that you detach yourself from the idea of the perfect person. Um, if that's you know something that you're seeking. <laughs> or you could detach from other secret beliefs that you have about dating. Because I think that we all have them. And so Um, non-attachment and dating would be to let go of all of this and just say you're in it for the moment and to enjoy the moment to enjoy the other person's company and that's it some people may want to detach from the idea that a person will complete you or meet all of your needs or that a person will solve your problems Mm -hmm. make you happy make you feel successful or fix you Mm -hmm. and once you become close to someone you might want benefit and you might want to try detaching from controlling them or putting expectations on them that aren't in alignment with their own desires. And this is where, you know, like, um, like getting a fixer upper boyfriend or, uh-huh. you know, like <laughs> these concepts kind of become cliches because it's, it happens so often people enter relationships and they're like, oh, he's just going to be like so perfect once he, you know, gets the job or once he, um, you know, like figures out what he's doing with his life or something like that. Like you really have to enter things being like, if this person never changed, would I still love them? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> would I still like them? Um, yeah. Cause sometimes when we care about someone and want to be close to them, we start to impose our own wishes onto them. Absolutely. So like some examples may include wanting them to be into something that you're into and they aren't. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a big um, one. I've had it happen to me and I've probably done it, but I, I yeah. know I was dating someone and he really wanted to go ride bicycles and I just said like I just don't think that I'm gonna do that yeah <laughs> I, that doesn't sound like my idea of a fun weekend yeah and he would not let it go yeah. and he's like oh, I've always wanted to be able to do this with someone and well I mean, shit he brought it up a lot I, and I, I kind of weird but he just really wouldn't let it go and yeah. um it kind of wore on me and um really annoyed me <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, think about it. Who reacts really great to someone trying to change you? Like, how do you react to that? You're like, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And for whatever reason, I do know it's not a cliche. I have seen more women do it. And yeah, I mean, yeah, and that might be that might be like socialization too, because yeah. like from the very beginning, we're being told, you know, oh, uh, boys don't grow up as fast as you. You have to mm-hmm. like make allowances for them. Mm-hmm. And so our social conditioning is make allowances for people. They'll catch up with you eventually. And so maybe that plays into it. But, you know, just uh, like have some self-evaluation right now. Be like, mm, do I do that? Or do I want to do that? And Mm -hmm. I have resentment inside because someone isn't picking up on my clues. It's not, it's not good for a, for a relationship. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like it could be wanting them to travel, wanting them to stand up to their family for you when they have no history of being that assertive, you know, that's a, Mm -hmm. that could be that honestly should be a deal breaker if if someone takes their family's side over you you know but you know couples stay together couples stay together and one person is just constantly upset because you know the other one won't you know kind of put their foot down and it's like but they were never going to that's not how they are yeah (laughs) so you need to decide if you can put up with it or or not yeah exactly 
you know, can you live without riding bikes with your partner? <laughs> right. Um, I have not um, find a new partner. Or um, the thing is, though, go ride bikes with a friend or go yeah. you know, on your own. Your exactly. partner's not here to fulfill every single, you know, little desire that that you have. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that they're not great, but it means that they're a human being yeah. with an opinion. Um, yeah. I've had I had a partner in the past who just really, really, really wasn't into traveling. And I never let go of the hope that he would just kind of come around. And uh, looking back, I should have just said, I'm, this is not his thing. It's mine. I mean, good. Now I can go on trips on my own. Um, but instead, it actually caused me a lot of stress because it's something that it, I value very high in life. And yeah, not letting go of hoping that he'd come around was uh, not very good for, for our relationship. All right. So how can you apply non-attachment in a loving relationship? Ooh, I came across this really great quote from a website, Tiny Buddha. If anyone is a little interested in any of this, that is such a great website. I've been going on it for years. So practitioner MJ Ross says, loving in a non-attached way is loving in a way that the person you love feels free. And to be loved in a way that you feel free is a way, way of being loved without attachment. So it's not that there isn't love or that you don't want to be with someone. It's that you don't allow that person or that thing to own you because that's attachment. So letting go of attachment is the secret to really enjoying life and to loving others. It's a way of freedom. Isn't that good? That is so good. I love that. Yeah. And that really put into words what we've been trying to say, I think. <laughs> yep. You don't try and, you know, possess someone or control them. You let them be who they are. I mean, isn't that why you want to love someone anyway? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and of course, one of my favorite dating tips ever detach from the outcome of what you will get from dating. All right. There's a very different energy and feel to someone who is dating to see what happens and one who is showing up trying to win a second date or impress a person or find a husband or find someone to have kids with. Absolutely. Um, and I wanted to mention, I forgot the name of the reality show, but there was this reality show a couple years back. It was on Netflix, Australia, where, um, the person would go on a date in the same restaurant with, I think, five different people. And it might have been over five nights. Uh, anyways, so same restaurant, but five different people. And then at the end, you have to you would choose who you wanted to go on a second date with. Ooh. And I am telling you, I could tell every single person who of the five that came on and whether or not they were doing it for fun and whether or not they were trying to win, I could pinpoint just by how they were acting. Absolutely. And you know what? It was almost always the people who I could tell were just there for the fun, for the experience of being on TV, for the experience of, you know, meeting someone new who won. <laughs> they were almost yeah. always the person who got asked out on the second date. And it's yeah. just this, yeah, it's just energetic. You can just absolutely yeah. um, tell when a person's being authentic and living in the moment and when they are, um, yeah, hoping to, to impress another person or get a relationship out of it when they, yeah. when you come into it with an expectation about an outcome. Yeah. It's, it comes down to what you said, authenticity, you know, mm -hmm. oh, it's, that's so huge. So another core tenant of Buddhism is impermanence. Yes. This is a hard one for people, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. And it's a big one for breakups. Yeah. All things end and mm -hmm. therefore nothing stays the same. Yeah. Ah, we hate this as humans because we're like, but I like predictability because mm -hmm. survival is one of my genes favorite things to think about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but all things end. Nothing stays the same. This is just as true for relationships and people as it is for life and death. We don't get to live forever. Mm -hmm. We are also going to age and enter different chapters in our lives. How this may show up in dating is knowing that people evolve over time. Yeah. The person you fell in love with will change over the years and 
whether you change together or not is part of something you can't really affect. And it kind of just, it works out the way it works out. And someone who was perfect for you at first might not be perfect for the new version of you in their new version of them. So, yeah. yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. And And it's unavoidable. Unavoidable. Mm -hmm. So people evolve over time and they also can change their mind. So knowing that if you're feeling a great vibe with someone and then they appear to change their mind about you has nothing to do with them. It's just kind of a thing that happens and it, you know, they might not know why they changed their mind about you. And honestly, it, likely 99.99999% sure it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. So um, it may have something to do with how their programming causes them to perceive you, but it has nothing to do with who you actually are, what mm-hmm. you said, how you acted. Someone else could have a different perception of those things and it could affect their thinking in some way. You have no control over that. So, yeah. <laughs> so in impermanence, nothing stays the same except for the fact that nothing stays the same. Yeah. The only constant is change. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I actually have a spiral tattoo for that exact reason because the universe is in constant motion. And if you're going through a breakup right now, this concept may be helpful because impermanence also applies to pain and yeah. heartbreak and everything that you're feeling is temporary and it absolutely will pass especially yeah. if you keep listening to how the four noble truths applies to your healing this too shall pass yep now let's take a quick break from this enlightening discussion to tell you about another podcast you might like if you enjoy this discussion Yeah. Messy Path is a podcast that is bingeable on all things, relationships, personal growth, intuition, and being a woman on the messy path of life. Yay. And I know we have lots of male listeners, so. Yeah. Yeah. Probably listen to. Yep. Completely. (laughs) Um, We have, yeah, lots of dudes in our community. Um, uh, This um, podcast though is a little bit more geared towards women, but I say, yeah, check it out. Ariel and former X-Files guest Whitney are an RTT therapist and life coach who have joined forces to share reflections on their personal growth journeys and stories from their work as therapists and coach to provide guidance, support, and tools for us all to use along the messy path of life. So they are, it's very conversational. They chit chat about what they both have going on, what they have found effective. Yeah. It's, it's really chill. It's lovely as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Whitney was a guest on the podcast. I know we mentioned that. So um, if you liked that episode with her, then you will likely like this podcast and they're friends of ours. So we thought we'd give them a little shout out. So yep. Um, we yeah. are doing a bi-weekly or bi-monthly dating chats with Whitney on our Instagram feeds and really, really enjoying them. She's got yeah. great um, outlook on life and so much being wisdom. happy. So yeah. head to the link in our show notes for their info or or just look up Messy Paths wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome. Back to Buddhism, breakups, and dating. Have you ever heard of the Four Noble Truths? Had, had you heard of it, Claire? I had not. When oh, I first okay. read it, I was like, is this the Four Agreements? And it's not the Four Agreements. No. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Yay. We're, uh, so multiple people are learning things. Yes. So the Four Noble Truths are one of the foundational principles of Buddhism and also core values in my life. And they can absolutely apply to the way you go about dating um, and healing from your breakup as well. So let's mm-hmm. get into it. Woo. So the Four Noble Truths are... Number one, the first truth, suffering is unavoidable as sentient beings. We have the capacity for analysis and it inevitably makes us vulnerable, basically. Um, (laughs) So number two, the second truth is that the cause of suffering is craving and fundamental ignorance. So this this is basically referring to the expectations we put on Mm -hmm. people and situations and the fact that they 
don't meet those expectations and we wish they would. And it's the yeah. wishing they would that this, um, this noble truth is about. Yep. I think, you know, um, a core law of attraction principle is that every time you desire something, there's two parts of the desire. There's your desire for the thing. And then there's your relationship with the fact that you don't have it. And if you dwell more on the second part of the relationship, that's what causes the suffering rather than yeah. just focusing on wanting it. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. All right. The third truth is that our suffering is temporary. Joy is always available to us and will become more present the more enlightened we become. Enlightened being the more, I guess, unattached, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then the fourth truth is the path. So by living ethically, practicing meditation and developing wisdom, we can take exactly the same journey to enlightenment and freedom from suffering that the Buddhas do. So we too can wake up essentially. And this is why, you know, they call it a personal growth journey and why they call it a spiritual practice is because, you know, these things do take time and effort and intention and attention. (laughs) And it is, you know, awareness of these things and putting energy into it that um, causes them to have presence in your life. Um, You know, the law of attraction being perfect example, it's more than just positive words. I mean, it takes yeah. time. You know, this is something I actually schedule into my day to, to work on. But the really cool thing is that I know that the more I practice, the more happier I will be. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, very, very sure of that. And it's definitely shown up for me. And when I, you know, on the days that I'm not able to stick with it, I guess I would say there's more suffering, <laughs> which is yeah. true. All right. So you can apply the four noble truths to dating as well. I was so excited when I came across an interview with Susan Piver, who I'm sure some of you are familiar with. She did an interview with another great website called Lions Roar. They also have a great Instagram. Um, and she broke down each of the truths and how you can apply it to dating. So this Mm. is her interpretation of it, but I thought it was really cool. And we can kind of comment on her interpretation of it as, as um, we go along. Yeah. So uh, first go ahead. (laughs) That's okay. So yeah. So number one with the truth, dating is uncomfortable period. Like when it goes poorly, it's uncomfortable. You could have thoughts like, I'm a loser. They're a loser. Dating sucks. Dating yeah. apps suck. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. When it goes well, it's uncomfortable too. Like, where is this going? Do they like me? What's next? Like, do I stop with the dating apps? How do I define the relationship? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, there's lots of angst in dating, whether it's going yeah. poorly or whether it's going well. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just true. Exactly. Yeah. So number two, the cause Thinking that dating will be comfortable is what creates a lot of the discomfort. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's kind of that arguing with the reality. Well, like if this person is meant for me, then the conversation on the dating app will just go like super well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there won't be this discomfort. And because there's just discomfort, it means it's wrong or I'm bad at dating or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. People get really hung up on, you know, when things don't go totally well, it does cause, you know, people a lot of stress and it's like, well, that's just kind of how it is. (laughs) You're not going to get along Um, with everyone. No. Well, and even if you do, you're still going to have, you still could have stress around like yeah. she said what to do next. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's her interpretation of it. I also look at it, um, as, Thinking that the other person will complete you is what causes the discomfort. You know, a lot of people go out there and when they don't meet someone right away that they just feel like, you know, is going to be the end all be all. It's, you know, it makes them think, you know, like, what's the point? Or maybe that they're not good at dating. Um, And like we said earlier, um, some people think that finding someone will solve problems. A lot of people say that they just feel like the only thing missing from their life is their soulmate. And this, yeah, this causes pain. Yeah. And another example is, mm-hmm. is if you are in a relationship and you have second thoughts or you wonder, you know, is this, is this right? Like, is this the thing? And then you're like, 
oh my God, if I'm having those thoughts, it must mean that I'm not supposed to be with that person. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily like, yes, it could mean that, but you'll find out as you go. Um, yeah, you know, as time passes, it's kind of that non-attachment, like, oh, that's interesting. I had a thought wondering if this person was really the one for me. Mm -hmm. We'll just keep that in mind instead of being like, I had a thought that this person might not be the one for me. Therefore, I'm going to obsess over it and be distraught over the fact that I am not a hundred percent quote in it, you know? Yeah. So that just popped to mind. No, that's good. That's good. I like that. So the third truth, how do we overcome this? Or what is the cessation of the pain? So Piver says, writing the moments of connection and disconnection with equal presence and full on feeling. And of course, she says that this does not include, you know, abuse. So if there's abuse, okay, you just throw it out. Otherwise, you just know that the moments of connection and disconnection you know come and go and just kind of take it with ease yeah and you know abuse doesn't have to be like oh my god he hit me or he called me stupid or something you know if you are in fear don't Mm -hmm. be fully in that feeling like get out you know if someone insults insults you there's no reason to accept that, you know, just as much as you would if they were complimenting you. Yeah. Um, But the thing is with a lot of dating situations, we just want everything to be so perfect all the time and for there to just be magic. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's just not really how it typically goes. (laughs) And so, you know, knowing if you have a moment of discomfort or questioning that it's not the end of the world, you know, it's just as natural as having a moment of, you know, of connection or magic or a conversation that goes beautifully and then the next time you meet you know you have a conversation that's a little awkward it just happens it doesn't mean you know you need to stop dating it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you it's just dating all right so what is the way the fourth noble truth according to susan piver first establish the foundation by being skillfully honest which first means knowing what is true and exhibiting good manners. I like that. If there is no honesty and no thoughtfulness, there is no foundation. Then expand to opening your heart to the other person as having equal importance to yourself on the date. I like that. Finally, magnetize magic by being willing to work on what arises to deepen your capacity to love. This is another thing. I, I was so really excited when I saw this interview because yeah and this is part partially what we're trying to accomplish with the podcast is you know dating and learning how to interact with people and learning how to improve yourself this is a constant journey and it's Mm -hmm. not just about finding a partner and if you want to find a partner you're just going to be better served to just continually work on yourself yeah always I mean I think both of us are pretty great this is a daily thing for me, you know, kind yeah. of figuring out where I can expand a little bit more. Yeah. And that that's the way and just keeping, um, keeping your focus on it. Yeah. And this, you know, I think, uh, there's a difference between, um, contorting yourself into something that will make other people comfortable and working on yourself yes. to be a better person. So there's a difference there. We're not Mm -hmm. saying like control yourself more. We're saying like, do the actual inner work. Yeah. You'll be more authentic I mean, when you're trying to impress someone or trying to, you know, make them happy or comfortable. That's not being authentic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to show up and have people be comfortable with the a real you, which is amazing. And especially if you're doing the work, I mean, some people go out there and date and are kind of jerks about it, but they're not being intentional and they're not following this way of looking at things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just be yourself because you want someone to fall in love with who you actually are anyway. And that means a lot of people are not going to fall in love with you because they're not your people. (laughs) Could you imagine if everyone we had a slight crush on fell in love with us? It'd be exhausting. Oh man. Um, (laughs) Welcome to my life. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah. Also a little boring as as well in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for the people who are so not desperate, but desire relationships so much. 
Yeah. If every single person that you met or connected with you vibed with you and wanted to be with you, then you wouldn't date anyone else and you'd just get with the first person. Yeah. And so what about all Hmm. the other experiences that you would be missing out on? Exactly. Yeah. So just to finish up on the interview later in the interview, Piver says, quote, relationships are not for everyone. They require an ongoing willingness to not know, to be open, to be thrilled, bored, confounded, delighted, to take chances and put it all on the line. If you're willing to do that, it would be good to cultivate skills like presence, patience, kindness, insight, and true wisdom. If you're not, that's a totally reasonable choice. Yes. Mind blown. (laughs) I love this quote so much. Yeah. Dating isn't for everyone. Like, you know, some people are basically just capable of doing hookups. Like, what? Hookups. Or <laughs> I thought sorry, you said hiccups. hiccups. Well, I mean, that's, that's what hiccups. I thought. That's I thought, the, oh, oh wow, yeah. she's onto something. But I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's you know, you're not gonna convince that person to reach a higher level of their personal evolution until they're ready to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, if someone is showing clearly what they're looking for, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. They, they might be perfectly right for their own life, but they're not right for what you are wanting. And that's facing the reality and being unattached enough to say, you know, hey, that was where my bar was. That was where my standard was. Yeah. I don't have attachment to you being this person for me, but I do need a certain level yeah. of something. Yeah. Agreed. And I do definitely also think if you want to get out there, then you do need to accept that all of these things come with it, you know, being bored, being thrilled, being delighted. And also that you should be looking at yourself and how you can improve and how you show up as well. You know, like dating in and of itself is a commitment, I think. Um, And I just think that it's only fair to the people you're dating to be, you know, trying your best to show up at your best. So, and also as a single person who doesn't currently date, I just opt, I don't think I've said this before. I don't think that relationships have to be the default. I think that a lot of people believe that it's something they have to do and it's not, uh, I I mean, maybe that's just my opinion, but okay. So Piver's comment and the way that she approaches the four noble truths is a great example of mindful dating which is really the point of this episode whether or not you want to put the label buddhist on it if you really want to be happy and fulfilled in dating and in relationships it's so important to be doing it to add value to your life not to complete your life yes it's so important to know that it might not always be fun but that it's not a reflection of you as a worthy human being but rather how things go when you interact with people, (laughs) you know, anything that we do with other human beings is going to be fraught with all the different experiences that you can possibly have. The more you work on yourself and the more you work on being mindful and positive and intentional, the more fun you will have and the higher quality people you will attract. What did you think about our take or uh, my take on Buddhism, breakups, dating? Do you think it will help you? Do you think you can apply these things? What did you think of today's episode? We would be very appreciative if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. I know it's difficult for you Spotify people, which is most of our listeners. Mm. Um, But Spotify doesn't have reviews. And instead, Apple Podcasts gets pushed out to all the other like platforms. So if you do have an Apple account and you want to spend a couple minutes, it's right there on your phone if you have an iPhone. And Um, the point (laughs) is that it helps us to reach more people if we get more reviews. Yeah. And if you do leave us a review, screenshot the review. Yes. DM it to us and we will send you a sticker and a thank you card in the mail. Yes. And it's so (laughs) cute. Like I think Janice has a picture of it up on her 
uh, feed on Instagram right now. By the time you see this, I might have a picture of it too. Yeah, but it's it's very low key. No one will know. It's about a breakup. Um, I think it says I choose me. Yeah, and it's really pretty, very minimalist. Um, mm-hmm. and I think you guys are gonna love it. We put some thought into it. We definitely sure did, was- and. I mean, who doesn't love snail mail? Okay. We are personally sending these out as a thank you to our great audience. So this is one thing you don't, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) this is one time you don't have to order something off of Amazon to get the exciting excitement (laughs) of, of getting something in the mail. Um, (laughs) we will send you something so we can, you know, give you that little burst of dopamine when you get a letter in the mail. That's right. We're looking for ways to connect with our audience, ways to get this out there a little bit more. And so that's kind of uh, something that we've come up with to trial it. So, yep. Let us know once you leave us a review and um, we'll be in your mailboxes. We're going to speak to your mailboxes. Yeah. We'll speak to your ears (laughs) and we'll write to your mailboxes. And yeah. So let us send you a sticker. So leave us a review. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you, Claire, for um, diving into this with me. Yeah. And yep, you guys all rock. We are wishing you luck on your healing journey. We're wishing you luck if you're getting out there dating again. Remember, be mindful, be intentional, be positive, be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Benzformicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. And here's a preview of our next episode. So what I always recommend is doing like a private photo shoot. Um, yeah. And I think that it sounds really weird for most men to be like, I have to do a photo shoot. And I'm like, yes, Greg, your photos are like this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Greg. Let's um, forward. Photos are a big differentiator between a successful and an unsuccessful dating profile. Men don't know what other men's dating profiles look like. Like if you are a heterosexual man or if you are a heterosexual woman and you are only seeing the opposite sex, you don't know what you're being compared to. Mm. Um, And I mean, most men aren't really told, like that's a good angle for you. Put out your hip, girl. Uh-huh. This makes you uh-huh. look skinnier. Yeah, <laughs> they're okay. not really okay. told to how to do that, and they're so, not like getting together with their guy friends to take their dating photos. Yeah, <laughs> like work it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um.